Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Shot All-American Golf Podcast. I am your host, Tom. I am here with my co-host, Phil. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening wherever you listen to your podcast. Please rate us, review us, do all those kind things. It'll help us out tremendously. We appreciate your support. Absolutely. And kind of what this podcast is going to be about is we want to focus on the golf call culture in Cincinnati and we, we live in a lovely city and we have a lot of lovely golf and it just doesn't seem to be highlighted as much but if you look into the uh, golf top 100 courses in America we have a local course that made it and that kind of helped us spark an idea that we really kind of wanted to talk about some golf and we have two former college golfers here and we've we've been recruited we stay close to home, and we love the city as much as everyone who lives here does as well. And we love the golf as well, and we really wanted to talk about it. So each, we're going to have a guest each week, and each week we're going to ask our guests two questions vital to the golf scene in Cincinnati. The first question will be, what are your favorite golf courses that you like to play in Cincinnati? You know, we, we can talk about the public courses and we'll talk about some of the private courses as well. We want to really build the the golf scene in Cincinnati. And then every Cincinnatian has to be asked this question, and Tom will certainly agree. What is your skyline order? Of course. I think that's something that you and I can discuss right now for sure. You want to start? You want me to go? You're the true Cincinnati, and I'm, I'm adopted. For uh, just a brief intro before we get into that answer, Phil, when he says, I'm the Cincinnati and he's not, he is uh, originally from Wilmington, Ohio. Some of you may know the kind of middle ground between here and Columbus. Um, we're considering that part of the Cincinnati area. You know, we're going we're gonna to basically talk about any golf courses within the, you know, our radius of Cincinnati. So that includes Wilmington, you know, some Indiana, some down South Kentucky, you know, all the way up to Dayton. You know, it's not just limited to courses that maybe you would drive 15 minutes to from wherever you're located. Yeah. There's a lot of middle ground in there, like you said, and it's important to remember that there's some really solid hidden gems in this area as well, that people really don't, uh, see highlighted because of the area that they're in and that's kind of our job on this podcast as well is to uh hopefully have some guests later on that can relate and tell us what goes into some of those success stories and the beautiful golf courses that we have in this area and phil did also touch on the fact um we both did play college golf um, at mount st joseph university on the west side of cincinnati um and to get back to Phil's original question here, skyline order. I'm 
it depends on how hungry I am. But typically, we'll go one cheese coney, no onions. So with mustard, no onions. And a chilito with spaghetti and no onion. If I'm hungry, I'll go two two cheese conies with no onions, with with the mustard. And then I'll go the chilito with spaghetti and no onion. Every now and again, I'll go to three-way, but I like to make uh, three-ways at home using, like, the cans you can get at the store and the spaghetti and whatnot. I, I prefer to just do that at home and then usually just get conies and chilitos from the actual, you know, restaurant. So you're half and half. You're you, you like half at home and half on the road? Yeah, it just depends. Does the chili taste different? Well, I mean, I don't eat like I don't eat the three way. Like are you talking about, like I don't eat the three way when the rest, like when I get the food from the restaurant. Like I don't make them both at the same time. If that's what you're asking. Oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. No, I was no, like, no, What's no, going no, no, on? No. I mean, I mean, I don't normally get three way from like a three way from the restaurant because for a different meal during the week, I will usually make a three way at home. If that makes sense. Okay, that that's fair. Yeah, but three ways in the restaurant are so good. They are, but through the drive-thru, not as good. I actually, it's close call whether I prefer the drive-thru or just making it at home because the drive-thru, it just doesn't, it just doesn't taste the same as when you're in the actual restaurant. No, that's fair. I, I didn't really think about the being boxed, but you know, when I go to Skyline, I, I get a large three-way. That, that's a must. But if I'm feeling kind of conservative, I'll go for the two cheese ponies and if i'm feeling feisty i'll get mustard and onion on that instead of just mustard and then i i'm a big skyline fry guy uh, that that's my cheese fries regular. i look the way i do regular cheese fry like right re- cheese fries or like regular fries I, I i like the regular fries every if i'm feeling good and hungry you know it's going to be the the cheese fries but i see what you, you know i see what you did there yeah, well, you know, I'm all about the marketing. But, yeah, and I always have to get my sweet tea when I'm there as well. I know you're not a tea drinker, Tommy, but sweet tea is just exactly where it's at. Nope, Pepsi all the way when I'm at Skyline. All right, on to the uh, other question you had. Favorite golf courses in the area? For me, public? I think I'm going to have to say Blue Ash. I think it's the best, ba- one of the best bangs for your buck in this city in terms of a public golf course, private, at least per, I've not played all the private courses, but are the ones I've played cold stream. You actually, ca- I got to walk that one. Yeah. With you you. caddied with, you caddied for me in the USAM qualifier at cold stream. Um, yeah, just a great championship layout there. It's tough. Yeah. It, it was a very nice mix of holes. You kind of had the old nine and then you had the new nine. But yeah, they're very there different. Didn't seem to be much difference. They're, well, they're the they're different. Yeah, they're different in a way. But that, to me, they felt different. The one's more open than the other. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, you you've got your hills on one side, and then you definitely have your more modern layout on the on the back nine. But for me, I and it's partially because I'm from a different area instead of the 275 loop as we would like to call but snow hill country club semi-private just a hidden gem i i know it's out in the middle of nowhere it's in new vienna 
but just a fantastic layout. And uh, head superintendent Dave Miller's done just a fantastic job out there. The head pro Mike Dieters is he's been very accommodating, and they love having a lot of guests out there. And I'd say the private course that I have enjoyed playing most, I, I enjoyed playing Western Hills Country Good Club. Pick. Good pick. Although the back nine and I don't get along. Um, I, I like Hyde Park Country Club as well. Good, solid layout. And one that we may not be able to... Uh, have a lot of people play on this is Cincinnati Country Club. I it doesn't get a lot of talk. It's one of the oldest country clubs in the city. But I there's something about that layout that I just I can't I can't get enough of. That's fair. It's I I agree. That was it's low key for some reason I do like Cincinnati's layout a lot. Yeah, when we, Tom and I both worked at Cincinnati Country Club for, he worked several summers and I worked one summer and the greens were a little slow when we were work, when we were employed there, but it, it, it was still really fun to get out there on the Mondays. Mm -hmm. For sure. Oh, and I, uh, you did mention earlier, as we mentioned earlier, we did play golf at Mount St. Joseph. Just wanted to get a quick shout out to Kenny Brosson and Brian Romas. They just made it to the finals of the Barstool Classic. I think they finished middle of the pack, but a good representation of the city. For anybody who knows Barstool Sports, that tournament's huge, a lot of coverage. And um, just a quick shout out to them. A job well done. Yeah, anytime you get an electronic scoreboard on the scene, it's a pretty big deal. So uh, congrats to them. Got to play Pinehurst number 2 U.S. Yeah. Open course that's hosted several U.S. Opens. That's that's always they, something really cool. I think they so. played number 5, too. I think that was the first round they played was Pinehurst number 5 as well. You've played that one before, Tommy, haven't you? I have. It's a good little track. I mean, Thoughts on that? It, it's, it's a good track. I mean, for Pinehurst, it's, you know... It's not one of their better ones, but for coming from here, which we do have a lot of great golf, but they, I mean, that resort is phenomenal. I mean, any golf course you play is going to feel, it's, it's great. And I mean, if, if you haven't been down there, for anyone who's not been down to Pinehurst, highly, highly recommend that trip. I feel like every time we go someplace, Tom, it just, it's booming every other time that we try to go after that. Like the first year that we got tee times down there, it was probably the most simple uh, effort that we had to put in. And then every time since then, it's just mayhem. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it's definitely, they will, Pinehurst has done a great job. And I don't know, we're obviously, we're, we're starting to not talk about Cincinnati golf already. Um, Pinehurst does a great job and they have in the past few years with their marketing they're using a lot of the big, like, you know, No Lane Up, Barstool, all the big, like, golf content creators. I mean, they're having to promote all their stuff. It's getting out to people. It's just, they do a really, really good job with their marketing. Yeah, I think uh, some country clubs could probably go to us and mostly the public courses on here. I think they could go to us and we could give them a little support in that, that matter. What do you think, Tebow? We'll see. Please, please don't call me Tebow on here. 
That's a great college nickname. Uh-huh. Shout out to Ben Schneider on that one. Thank you, Benny boy. So, um, leading to who our first guest is going to be, we are going to speak to the head golf coach at Mount St. Joseph University. We both played for him. I think he's actually been the only coach, golf coach ever in their history, Mr. Joe Sparhawk. Yeah, and the important thing to know about Joe Sparhawk is the fact that Joe Burrow had to break all his quarterback records That's at right. Athens, Athens High School. High school. Athens, Ohio. So that kind of tells you the the person that we're going to interview later in this episode. Uh, and he's very, a Browns fan. Very, yeah. And we we try not to boost people's ego like Joe Sparhawk too often, but he gave us a chance, and he was always there to get us grounded when we our heads got too big. So we, this is our chance now to be able to. Uh, talk to him kind of on an equal level instead of having to always be coach. And it's been kind of cool, but we also got to remember, Tom, it's been 10 years since we first started our college golf career. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, but hopefully, you know, we're going to have a good conversation with him. We'll get to learn a little bit about what it's like to run a college program, especially a D3 program for many who some who may not know, they don't, you can't offer athletic scholarships so that, you know, offers its own hurdle. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, you'll get a little bit, um, a little taste of what it's like to, you know, coach a program, especially in this area, um, a golf rich area, especially with all the high schools and, you know, a lot of talent in this area. Yeah. And also a uh, state champion coming from the Southwest corner of Ohio as well. This twenty twenty covid pandemic season so he he'll give us a very interesting perspective especially on a um, a topic that in a city that has four division one schools in its area and it i can't imagine how tough or how different your recruiting has to be especially on the d3 level because he really doesn't have to deal with division two level in this area no, used to. NKU used to be D2. Now they're D1. So, yeah, not not anymore. Um, I can't even think. I guess Bellarmine. No, is Bellarmine D1 now? Bellarmine went D1 this year in Louisville. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's probably – yeah, there's not a lot of D2 in the air, and there's not much NAIA. I mean, you have Cincinnati State. Um, you know, they have a very, very good golf program at Cincinnati State. Um, so, is I mean, Thomas Moore NAIA now? I think they did go to NAIA. I think you're right, actually. Um yeah, I think they did step away from the NCAA. I could be completely wrong on that, but that sounds right. And then, of course, you've got up towards the Dayton area, you got Cedarville, and then the former Division Two, which they could be Division Two here before too long, but Wright State, you never know with their finances. But anyway, we, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Sparhawk, created <laughs> in our minds the name that we carry this podcast with and second shot all American. Now <clears throat> I want you to visualize this. Imagine it being spring of 2010 and you are having to walk Aston Oaks golf club. This is not an easy walk in the spring. 
shoes or squishing. They also uh, don't allow you. They also don't allow you to walk that golf course. It's not even you can't even do that. Yeah, and that's what we went through with Joe Sparhawk on the, the Mount St. Joe golf team. But there's a reason why I lost seventy pounds when I got to college. But anyway, he he hits a ball out of bounds on the third hole, which is a long, tough par four, I might add. Not a very easy driving hole. And he immediately tees up another ball and pipes it right down the middle of the fairway. And he goes, oh, well, would you look at that? I'm a second shot All-American. And I pondered, and I was like, well, you know, I very well could be that too. And on the putting green after the round, all the golfers are talking about how we're all second shot All-Americans. So second shot All-American is when you drop that second ball, the breakfast ball, we should probably say. And after the first one just goes anywhere other than the middle of the fairway, that second one is just a nice smooth right down the middle of the fairway drive. And you could closely relate this to uh, the individuals who stripe the ball on the range and then they get on the course and it just, the game falls apart. And it, you could be a range All-American and a second shot All-American. I think those two uh, closely relate. Well said. I think that'll also now lead us, um, We every week we are going to have a little mini gambling segment. Um, gambling is becoming big in the area. We do have Multiple states nearby the um, tri-state Cincinnati area, Indiana, I think West Virginia and Pennsylvania, all legal sports gambling. Um, We're going to have a little segment with our teammate from college, Devin Kane. Um, He is going to provide us with a little insight um, or I don't don't even, you know, I don't know what he's going to provide. What's he going to provide us, Phil? I think he's going to provide how his wife bets (laughs) and how she very smart with her bets compared to his uh, intuition. But Devin is chock full of really good information. He knows the, the background and the stats to look for. And he's going to provide us some stats that we can look at that the favorite players will have going into the week and what it takes to look into certain scoring situations and whatnot. And he'll He'll do a nice job of guiding you through your weekly uh, fantasy bets or your um, just your weekend bets on the regular golf tournaments. So he, he'll do a wonderful job, and it'll be wonderful to have him on the podcast for sure. Without further ado, here's Devin Kane. All right, everyone. Welcome to the gambling segment of the podcast. We are joined here by Devin Kane. If there ever was a D three athlete as a gambler, this would be it. Would be Devin. Devin, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, just to explain what we're going to do here, each week we are going to give um, Devin ten units. Devin, could you uh, could you explain exactly what a unit is? Absolutely, Tom. So, a unit in gambling terms is the amount of money one would typically put place on a bet. So whether that's $5 per person or $50 per person, whatever you have to responsibly gamble with would be your unit number. All right. So each week we're going to give Devin free reign 
uh, all the odds are going to be coming off DraftKings odd, just DraftKings uh, sportsbook odds, just to keep it uh, consistent in case people are wondering where we're getting these odds from. In case you go to a different sportsbook and they're a little different, um, please gamble responsibly. Obviously, um, Devin, uh, we are asking guests that come on the show since this is your first time on the show. Two common questions. Um, first off, um, what is your favorite golf course in the Cincinnati area? Ooh, great question. Oh man. Moving back up Northeast. It's been a while since I've played down there, but while I was in school, probably Weatherwax, which I think unfortunately closed down now, but it was always a, uh, always in great shape and a good track to go to great layout. Fantastic pick. I uh, miss that golf course too much. And yeah. uh, the most important question, um, what is your skyline order? Easy. Regular three-way, one cheese coney, and a Mountain Dew. Is the cheese coney plain, or we got mustard and onions? or Mustard and onion. The only way to eat it. That's an opinion. All right. Oh, so... The right opinion. <laughs> and the Mountain Dew. That's um, our buddy Andrew. It's got to be, it's gotta be, Mountain, gotta Dew. be Mountain Dew. It's nothing else. It's just Mountain Dew. Just Mountain Dew. It's kind of like Especially Coke and McDonald's. After... It's just different. Yep. Especially after a few barley pops. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get started this week. Devin, uh, please uh, go ahead with your picks this week. I would love to hear them. For the RSM Classic, and I do actually, before you get to it, I do want to preface that this show may not come out until maybe after the tournament has started. It may not get out to um, all the podcast areas or where you can download it before the tournament starts. It is on the record that we did record this before the tournament started, um, and we just want it for future reference for when Devin chooses for future tournaments, just so we can keep track of his bets. Um, but with that, go ahead, Dev. Perfect. So with the RSM Classic, a uh, nice little course to play down at Sea Island, Georgia, right after the Masters Tournament. Um this year, uh, it's a pretty strong field, but it's not doesn't have any of the powerhouse names like the Roms, the Rorys, the Dustin Johnsons, anything like that. Uh, it's only got one player in the official top 10 in the world ranking, Webb Simpson, and only 16 of the top 50 in the world. So, decent field, not the strongest, but uh, still some worthwhile golf to be watched. Um, this tournament is actually hosted by Davis Love a local celebrity down that neck of the woods resident of the course um, does a lot for that community down there. So with that being said, he's taking a few players under his wings. So I think he's going to help these guys out a lot this week, give them some insider knowledge. Um, so my first pick is going to be Harris English. He's a local boy down there. He's part of the Sea uh, Island crew, as they would say. So I'm going to take him for one unit each. I'm going to take him to win at plus 2,800. Going to take him for one unit, top 10 at plus 650. And one unit for top 20 at plus 275. Uh, the reason I spread it out all the way through is because if you hit all three, just Sweet triple sticks. your money basically. And then if you just make the top 10, you at least cover your money, cover your bets. Um, the Good second pick. pick, I, the second pick I have, another one of these Sea Island boys down there, Pat and Kazire. Get a little bit better odds. Um, going to do one unit each for him to win, which is plus 
11,000 plus 3,000 for a top 10 and plus 1,100 for a top 20. And then uh, for the next player I have, he was the 2019 winner. Um, he won in a playoff, Charles Howell III. So he didn't play that great this weekend at the Masters. But with that being said, he's headed back to a course that he knows and loves and has won on before. So I think he's got some pretty good odds. Uh, players do like to defend, and I think he's got a pretty good chance. So I'm going to do one unit each on to win, plus 7,000, top 10, plus 1,400, and top 20, plus 700. And then with my final unit. And you didn't uh, mention that it was. Was that Tyler Duncan? No, it wasn't Tyler Duncan, unfortunately. Who was the winner? Charles Howell last year. Oh, you picked Charles Howell. Okay. I, th- I heard yeah, Charles yeah. Howell. I thought you said he was in a playoff with Charles Howell. Okay. Never mind. No, Continue. no. So Charles Howell won in a playoff last year. Ah, okay. Charles Howell third. Yeah. I like it. CH3. Yep. And for my final unit, uh, DraftKings does have some special odds for how they're going to win. Um, and after a play- playoff is plus 350. So I'm going to put a unit on that. Um, should be a, a low scoring event with a lot of people going going for it at the end so a good chance of a playoff to end on sunday all right so you're right so you think it's going to end in a playoff again two years in a row i like it harris english winning in a playoff would certainly be a good good day for you absolutely we'd certainly have maybe some extra units to play with in future episodes absolutely as long as it's responsible Absolutely. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, well, Devin, uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, and with that being said, we're going to kick it off to our interview with Coach Joe Sparhawk. All right, everybody, please welcome our first guest. He is the head men's and women's golf coach at Mount St. Joseph University. He is in his 17th season as the men's coach, fourth season as the women's coach a bachelor's degree in chemistry from Mount St. Joseph University and master's degree in sports management, sports administration, sorry, from Xavier. He has coached multiple HCA players of the week, HCAC players of the week, two of them in this podcast currently, seven all-conference players and three Great Lakes all-region players. Please welcome Joe Sparhawk. Thanks, guys. Coach, uh, let me start off saying or asking, you know, what brought you to golf? I know you grew up uh, playing football. You were a college football player at Mount St. Joseph. You were a quarterback. Joe Burrow broke all your high school records at Athens High School. What, uh, what, what brought you to the game of golf, and what brought you to being the coach at Mount St. Joe? Um, so, actually, the first sport I learned how to play, actually one of the first two sports I learned how to play uh, was golf. I was about five years old when I got started. Uh, racquetball was the other one I learned how to play. So um, I, I think I was six when I started playing racquetball. And, and both of them I played with my dad. Um, so I'm 41. I've been playing since I was five. So that's, what, 36 years. And um, growing up, I, I was uh, actually trying to play golf during football season. But my head high school football coach wouldn't let me. So um, so I, I just stuck with football and, and, um, got into coaching, uh, Steve Radcliffe, uh, 
uh, asked me to coach it, asked me to start coaching the team when we opened up in 2002, 2003. And I, I was like 22, 23 years old. I just didn't think I was ready to be a head coach in anything. Um, so I was coaching football um, at the Mount. And then two years later in 2004, the position opened up again and he asked me if I wanted to be the coach. And I said, yeah. So I, I think he kind of knew my golf background that I had played for a, that I've been playing for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I, it was a way for me to be a full-time coach, um, at the Mount. Um, my intentions were to, to be a football coach, but, uh, once I got into, into coaching golf, I pretty much fell in love with it. So that's, that's how I got into it. It was a crazy, crazy sort of thing. I didn't even really want to, wasn't even thinking about coaching at all. I wanted to be a chemical engineer and then got into a lab and didn't like being in a lab. So that makes sense. Got into coaching. Yeah. Now I have a question. How much did the concussions you suffered affect this decision that you made? <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, have never had a concussion. On so record. I, how to, I got hit quite a bit. I knew how to take those hits. I knew how to, to you know, my, my high school coach taught me, you know, we ran the option some and, and to pitch and fall back. So uh, it, it made it look like it was a lot harder hit than what it actually was. But I actually never had uh, a concussion. So I think this decision was was made with a clear head. So I, I think that speaks volumes for how thick your skull is. I think that's <laughs> yes. a good, very yeah. valuable attribute yes. to have. Um, we ask every guest two questions. Uh, the first one is, what are your favorite courses in the Cincinnati area? Gosh, um, there's a lot of them. I like uh, <clears throat> probably TPC Rivers Bend is probably my favorite. Oh, good um, choice. I did play, I played Heritage this, this summer in the Met. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I played Triple Crown. Um, I liked Lasting Point. I played in uh, the Northern Kentucky Amateur this summer, and uh, really, really liked the course there. Um, it was the first time I played it. Um, I played Indian Ridge quite a bit up in Oxford. I really liked that course. Sneaky good. Um, yes, yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, I mean, I I like playing Miami Whitewater. That's where we play a lot of our. Uh, practice rounds and stuff like that. I really like it. The course is, has been in great shape. And um, gosh, I mean, there there's not a lot of golf courses that that I don't really like. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't get to the east side that much, but uh, I like it's legendary. Run is a course that I really like. Um, I haven't played that in a while, but I I really liked it. Um, I beat Phil in the 19th hole there. The true 19th hole. They have a 19th hole, so I beat them on the, the, yes. the, the 19th yes. hole. <laughs> so, um, gosh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, there's, there's. You named a lot. A lot of courses. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I like, uh, I like Green Tree uh, right there, uh, or not? Um, Green Green Crest right there off of Bethany Road, right up 75. It's actually a really good. Uh, I like the layout. It's a really, I think it's a really good. Never course. played so, it. 
Yeah, it's right there, right next to. Yeah, I know where it is. I mean, it's right near Lakota East, like right off to the right off the highway. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I mean, yeah, I anytime I can get a, get an opportunity to get out and play golf somewhere somewhere different, uh, you know, it's a good day. So, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> this is an essential question: What's your skyline order? What is my skyline order? Believe it or not, it is a buffalo chicken wrap with ranch, and occasionally I'll get a cheese coney. Um, I'm getting, I'm in the 40s now, so I'm getting, I get heartburn and stuff like that, so I can't <laughs> eat as much chili as, as I used to. So cheese coney with. You're gonna say you had to watch your cholesterol. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> okay, all right. Is good. the cheese coney plain or with mustard and onions, or what do we, what do we? No, with everything. With yeah. everything. Yeah, yep. yeah, that that that's an essential question. I think that tells uh, a little bit about the character of each person. So, going for the buffalo sauce for you. Yeah, for- yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's good. I I try I try to get something different when I go there, but I end up going going back to the same thing. So, all right, coach. I got a I got an important question for you. So. The whole distance debate, you obviously have, I'm assuming, seen Bryson. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. obviously, watched Dustin this weekend. Although Dustin makes it look incredibly easy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on if the PGA Tour, if the pros, they, if they decide to change the rules, are you in favor of two sets of rules, as in the colleges would follow a completely different set, or would you rather see it all be the same? Uh, no, I... I... I'd rather see two different sets, um, you know, like, especially at the division three level, you know, we've got some guys that, that hit it pretty long, but we're, we're, we're typically not as long as, as the pros and, and stuff like that. And, and it's a lot easier to score. It's a lot more fun when you've got a shorter iron in your hand than, than hitting driver four iron into a, into a par four or something like that. Um, you know, I just, and, and, and with the way amateur golfers are i mean you know they're they're struggling to break 90 and a lot of the times in 80s and and if you're just shortening the you know you're rolling back the ball it's just going to make it that much more difficult for for people to play so it's it's, you know and and there's this there that you know jack nicholas had his play it forward or, or move it forward thing you know play play some forward tees so um, and, and it's, and it's more fun. You know, I, I don't, when I go out and play, you know, regularly, I don't play the tips anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I play the, the men's tees or, or whatever the case may be. If I'm playing with the guys and yeah, I'll, I'll play it. But, um, you know, just on a regular basis, if I'm going out and playing with buddies or, or something like that, I'm playing the, the, the men's tees. So I, I don't, I don't want to hit driver four iron driver, three iron driver five iron into a into a hole so even we're the same way as soon as i graduated it was uh no more tips for me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i threw you guys a bone at the at the golf outings and stuff like that I was like as soon as you graduate you can move up to that's the right piece at, at aston so keeps keeps us coming back coach yeah, it makes it playing the gold tees at aston makes it a lot more fun does it? way more fun you could tell my qualifying scores that <laughs> 
So uh, coming up for the upcoming spring season, what what is your uh, season looking like for that? Is it optimistic or is it still up in the air? Yeah, I think for golf, it's optimistic. I think um, we did have some some teams in Division Three play. Some teams in the HCAC played this fall. Um, I you know I think I think it's very optimistic that at least golf is going to play. Um, it's naturally socially distant or we're almost always more than six feet apart um so i'm i'm very optimistic i am getting my schedule set i'm going to try to get all 10 tournaments all 20 competition dates in um because of the new rules and and we are allowed 114 days instead of the the 19 weeks um we can actually start january 18th and we don't have to practice in succession. So we could practice like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's, you know, that's just the three days. And then the next week we could do Tuesday, Thursday, or we could do four days a week, whatever the case may be. So um, I don't remember how many days I had. I think I used 28 days this fall. And we practiced from the first day of school, which was August 24th, uh, until October, like 16th or 17th, whatever that that Wednesday was so that might have been like the 14th or 13th um but but yeah so we're gonna you know we're gonna try to start January 18th and and kind of gradually work into to being to practicing you know and playing six days a week playing in snow flurries yeah, well, yeah, but our Januarys the last couple of years have been pretty nice. I, I, I know I can remember saying, man, I wish we started in January because the weather's been nice. And then we start in February. That's when we get the snow and then it, you know, it's cold for, for three weeks and we can finally get out or we go down to Datal about a week before uh, we go down there. So that's a brutal way when you can't play. Yeah. Oh, heck me yeah. up. Phil and I played last uh, uh, last Sunday, and it was like seventy degrees. It was amazing yeah. in November. Yeah. It's supposed to be yeah. like sixty this week. Yep. Yep. It was phenomenal, by the way, too. You might get lucky. We'll see. <laughs> um. So, with in regards to um, transitioning to like recruiting here, how, what is it like trying to recruit with? all these different like colleges, universities, like all in the same area and like different divisions. I know Cincinnati state is, I believe they're, are they, would, are they, are they junior college, community college? What would they be considered? Yeah. They're junior college. And then you got um, Thomas Moore's NAIA and then you got, yeah. you see all those schools now. Like what's that, what is that like? I mean, I, I guess I've been doing it for so long. It just, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm going to try to try to recruit the best, you know, student athlete, um, you know, try to recruit the best golfer. I've had some really good golfers come through and visit over the past few years and they end up going D one. Like I had a kid go to Evansville, kid go to NKU, um, couple from went to Wright state. Uh, so I mean, it just, it just is what it is. There's a lot of golfers out there, so I don't, um, you know, I just simply ask them if they'd be interested in coming to visit, and what's the worst thing they can do is is tell me no. So that's okay if they tell me no. I just move on to the next one. So it's not. Um, I guess it's just something that I've always dealt with. So it's not really any 
anything new or different for me. It's just, it is what it is. So, um, how has your players changed over the years? Like, has your level that you've been looking for changed at all? Has it heightened? Has it lowered? What, what's been going on? No, I mean, I'm still looking for the same, you know, the same group of kids that, that I've been looking at. Um, sometimes I get those kids and sometimes I don't, you know, and, and actually I was, I was very lucky to have a great group of guys for a long time. Um, you know, probably starting with Dean Krasinski and, and Jeremy Nichols and that group, uh, we, when they were freshmen, we finished third in the conference. I think that was 2009. Um, and it just, I mean, we were very consistent, third or second from 2009 through 2018. And I think five or six years there, 2014 to 2018 or 2013 to 2018, uh, we finished second in the conference every year. So, um, so I was, I was very lucky to have a great group of guys. I mean, your senior class, you know, was, was really something special. And then the 2018 class was, was really good as well. So, um, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, we had guys step up like, uh, Jason Sawyer, Andrew Booth. I don't, did you guys play with them? Oh yeah. Okay. You know, Devin Kane stepped up as a senior. Um, don't, don't, don't get him. Don't, don't, don't give him you know, too much problems. <laughs> well, I mean, he did, you know, he, I mean, he there did. were a lot of guys that, that stepped up. Ben Schneider's, you know, he's in your class. He's right. he stepped up. So, I mean, it, it, it was, it's, it's, when I go back and think and about all those, those guys, and especially their senior years, they, you know, everybody seemed to, that maybe, you know, didn't get in the top five all the time or whatever, really stepped up and, and, and played well. So, so, I mean, I'm still looking at those types of kids and, and, you know, it's just with division three recruiting, at least at Mount St. Joe, you get them on campus and stuff like that. And then a lot of it's out of my hands, you know, financial aid packages, uh, stuff like that, stuff that, that I have, you know, nothing to do with and can't, have any sort of say in, um, you know, that's just, just the way it goes. So we don't want to build up Devin's head. He's done. He, Devin's doing a gambling segment on our, on the podcast. So we don't want to make his head get too big. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> what are some of your favorite memories with the golf team or some funny stories that you can think of right off the top of your head? Don't get yourself oh in gosh. trouble. Um, <laughs> try to try to maybe keep it clean so you can keep. Uh, your I was going to say, yeah. How, how clean do you how clean do you want? It? Well, we so, want you to keep your job. So, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember uh left the water on in his tub in the bathroom before, <laughs> and then we left for dinner, and he came back. He he and Jeremy like, uh, coach, we have a problem, and I was like, what? And they said just come upstairs to our room. So I went up the next room and I stepped, I was about three feet away from the door and just went squish like that. <laughs> and they left it running. And supposedly, I guess Dean like took a really smelly crap and <laughs> used the, the steam to, to drown out the smell or, or whatever the case was. I don't know, but it was, 
I mean, I, I just shook my head. Another one is is Kevin Imhulse. Oh boy, driving down to uh, Datal. He was a sophomore, qualified number one for Datal. Oh, I remember Hour this one. happened to the trip, and he says, "Coach, we got to turn around. I forgot my clubs, <laughs> and I must have drove for like ten minutes, just like trying to to comprehend." Like, how do you forget your clubs? We're going to a golf tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that was I, the I year I actually coached at spring break. What's that? I think that was the year I actually volunteered coached at spring break. It was. Phil. That oh, was that, was that the year you came down? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I drove down the year before and that was his freshman year. So that makes total sense. Yeah. No, no, that was no. Cause coach power was driving. So it it wasn't that it wasn't that year. It was maybe it was his freshman year. He was a sophomore when he when he forgot his clubs. Well I, I drove thirteen straight hours to get down there that night. Because yeah. I rode with you guys, yeah. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and his his parents so, somehow they got his clubs out of his out of his dorm room and they shipped it down to uh Hilton Head. So and it was like 400 bucks to ship it down overnight or something like oh. that. So. Let's lead into something more positive, Coach. I know um, over the past, uh, even when we were there, um, the golf team has gotten involved in the community quite a few times. Um, can you tell us or talk to us about maybe some of the things that the Mount Golf team has done around the community, like in the city? Um, yeah, the big thing, and it was something that, that you suggested and started was um, – you know, volunteering at um, Ronald McDonald House. So that was something that that we um, did for a long time. Um, and as the teams got bigger, and then with the women's teams, uh, we'd have to split up, and we had to do two or three sessions because we could only have, you know, so many volunteers um, at a time. Uh, one year when we went down to Datal Island, we, we volunteered and helped spread pine straw over at a church. I was there at a church. Yeah. I mean, and I don't 800 bales of pine straw or something like that. It we was a there. big church. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we don't do too much as a group anymore. We just, kind of talk about you know just doing things on your own to help out the community and and, and really our are the, the the athletes on on the team they've they've pretty much done that uh emma strand was big in habitat for humanity <clears throat> one of the leaders in in the group at mount saint joe um so we've just kind of done some things um on our own and, and I've done stuff with my family. I know, um, we did the Ronald McDonald house. We did a game night, uh, I believe it was last year, maybe two years ago or something like that. So John, I think it was John that wanted to, wanted to do it and said, sure, let's, let's do it. So all five of us, we did a bunch of games and crafts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the Ronald McDonald house is, is near and dear to, to my heart. So yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat place. They do a lot of yeah. good work. You know, what are some of 
you know, maybe some of the differences between coaching the men's and women's program. I know obviously probably, I mean, recruiting, I would imagine there's probably more players to recruit for maybe the men or, you know, how, like in terms of what, what are the main differences that you see between maybe trying to coach the two of them? Well, um, the, I think the women tend to be a little more humble than the men. That makes Um, sense. The men, you know, they, they, you know, know, know a lot. Okay. And the, and the women, um, they just want to learn and, and, and get better. And so they're humble and they, you know, this is, if I suggest something, they're, they're more than willing to try it to get better where the men, it, you know, might take a, a couple times for them to finally, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot, you know, um, there's never a time that I wouldn't listen to you. Come on. What, what's that? You're breaking up, Tom. I said, there's never a time that I wouldn't listen to you. There's no way. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> All you guys were, were ears wide open. So. <laughs> no, but, but I, you know what say, I mean? Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you know, it's just um, stuff like stubbornness, I guess. And, you know, typical guy, you know, you guys were successful and, and this is, and that's the way you did it. And, and so sometimes guys were reluctant to, to try something new maybe or, or, or something like that. So, um, you know, that's just, just guys. Uh, there was one specific thing that I actually <clears throat> really learned from you, and that was not aiming at the pin, but aiming at the middle of the green and picking a spot behind the green or a line alignment point, mm-hmm. standing behind the ball, and then picking a spot about six inches to a foot in front of the ball and lining up from there. It was ridiculous how well I played the year that you told me to start doing that. And yeah. I actually for one. Yep. And <laughs> I, I I still do that to this day. I still talk to you know, both the men and the women, you know, they think they're, they're pulling a shot or something like that when they're actually just aimed 10, 15 yards left. Well, you know, my coach, my ball's going straight. Well, yeah, it's cause, cause, but it's left. Yeah. It's because you, you're aiming that way. And so, I mean, we, I still do that to this day. I mean, hell Jack Nicholas did it. So if Jack Nicholas does that, then must be something right. So and 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 it's it's easy to get out of the habit of doing it, or you're just kind of lackadaisical when you do it. And, and um, so sometimes, like when I'm playing, I've got to, you know, definitely make sure. Okay, I got to pay attention to, you know, pick my spot, make sure my club face is lined up with that spot, and and pay attention to to details. So I'm glad that I stuck with you. It's helped me a long way, let me tell you. <laughs> Coach, I know you mentioned some of your favorite courses in the area. Um, what are some of your, if you were going to recommend people to travel, what are some of the courses outside of the city that you've enjoyed playing the most? Um, gosh, I, so my dad was from Cuyahoga Falls up around the Akron area. So I played a lot of courses up there. Rain Tree. Um, That's Devin's area. I think we yeah. played there before his wedding. 
Yeah, that's devastating. Mayfair was a course that I grew up playing back when it was 36 holes. It's only 18 holes now. But my grandparents lived just down the road from Mayfair. So every time we went up to Akron, you know, I, I played Mayfair. Um, there's another course in the falls. Um, I want it's it, it was near my aunt and uncle's house just down the road. Uh, I think it was called Brookledge. Um, you know, that was a fun course I played, uh, going down to Tennessee and Gatlinburg. Um, if you haven't played Gatlinburg country club, you need to do that. That's, we did that at my bachelor party. Oh, did you? Yeah. what do you think about the 12th hole at down downhill the, par three? Is that the 12th? That is the 12th, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. I think I stuck it to like three feet that day. Did you? I don't, I've played that probably six times i haven't hit that green once yet no granted i think we were playing a scramble and i think uh, we were playing threesome so i think it was my turn to it twice so i think it was my second shot second shot all american you know there you go there you go (laughs) he failed Um, to lay out the first time yeah uh rivers um rivers isle or something like that in severeville did did you guys play that course yeah i think it's river island i think it's river island yeah yeah. where you literally Uh, hit across the river that's yeah that's a that's a really yeah. nice little course. Yeah, that was a fun course. Uh, I mean, obviously, Myrtle Beach is a play. I play a ton of courses down there. Some of my favorites aren't even there anymore, like Marsh Harbor. Uh, that was that was one of my favorite courses down there. Um, I played the Witch a couple times. Um, when we go down south, we played. Uh, when we go to Datal, we played Harbor Town. That is probably by far my favorite golf course in the, in the United States that, that I've played. Um, we played Paris. I mean, gosh, we've played all kinds of different courses down there. Um, and then if you go to Ireland, uh, La Hinch golf club is by far the best golf course I've ever played in my entire life. I've it was amazing things. unbelievable. The so. blind par three, right? The one where you hit over, there's like a, it's like literally in between, like you can't see the green, correct? Yes. Yeah. There's, yeah. So number four is a, I forget, it's either a par four or a par five. I can't remember, but there's a huge, huge mound right in front of your approach shot. And there's a white stone on the hill and you aim over the white stone and that's where the, um, that's where the pin is. And so then they also have a caddy hut built into the into the hill and he sticks a red flag up or a green flag up letting us know when it's the green flag goes up it's okay to hit to the green because you can't see anybody on the green and then the next hole the fifth hole same thing the green sits down like in a valley in between two huge mounds and you can't see the green um and they have a white stone over that as well so i actually hit the green when, when we played there so should probably swing hit more shots with my eyes closed than, than I do with my eyes open. So and if, and if, and if anyone is listening and looking to see that golf course, uh, no lane up, they do a podcast and they do a thing called Taurus sauce on YouTube. They have a great episode where they played La Hinge. If you want to relive that course, I would highly, oh, re- yeah. highly recommend to go watch that. Nice. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It, you know, I, I remember the front nine more than the back nine. I just took, I just took it all in, and I, you know, it was, it, I mean, it was 
amazing. Did you take so, caddies? Uh, we or at we least had a motorized push carts, and we had a four caddy. A motorized push cart. Yeah, yeah. Push cart yep. mafia. They call them. They call them. Uh, do they call them buggies, maybe, or Trolley? is that what they call the golf? Is that what they call carts? I don't know, but I mean, we all we walked, and you know, we took, um, yeah, I took those motorized carts at a fairly reasonable price, like 20, 20 bucks basically to rent something like that, or thirty bucks, twenty euro, or something like that. It was relatively inexpensive. I can't imagine they allowed carts on that golf course. Um, unless you're, you know, unless you absolutely need one, obviously. Yeah, but... I, I didn't see very, very many. So, especially at Lahench, I saw a few here and there. We played Powers Court, we played Colleen Castle, um, and we played Faith Leg when we were in Ireland. So, and I heard there's a uh, potential Scotland trip on the horizon. Yes. Uh, we're looking at twenty summer twenty twenty two right now. So, um. Look, looking forward to that. We we were going to go uh, summer of 2021, but obviously with COVID and everything like that, uh, we pushed it back. But we were planning on play. We were planning on touring the old course. They weren't going to let us play because their host. They were going to host the uh, British Open that year, the summer of 2021. So we weren't going to be allowed to play. So we we're going to play the new course at St Andrews. We we're going to play Carnoustie. And maybe Royal Troon. Um, That's a lot. Think, yeah, and there was one other one we were we were gonna play. So Royal Troon's in Scotland, right? I believe so. Uh, yeah, I don't. Scotland, England. I don't know. They all, you know, they all they all run together. They all run there. together. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a the Open Championship courses, the Rota. Yeah. One of those. One of those courses. Yep. I think we, I mean, you touched on this already, but, um, you know, I know obviously when you first started coaching the Mount, um, the scores were probably not as, uh, as low as they are now. When did you start to see maybe a shift in the program and where do you see maybe it headed in the future? Um, so it was basically, um, you know, those first couple of years I, I was still, kind of in football mode on, you know, I want to be a football coach. And so, I mean, I was doing some recruiting, but just getting enough to, you know, to have like a five man squad and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was that 2000, the graduating class of 2012, like Dean Krasinski, um, Devin Jeremy, Meadows, Will Shaw was on that team. That's when, that's when it changed. And so it, it just, it just follows suit. So, um, like I said, we had a pretty good consistent run there of, of second and, and third places. Um, but that's when, that's when things started really rolling and where the program's going. Um, you know, I think in 2019, we finished fifth or sixth in the HCAC. We didn't get to play the 2020 conference championship. Um, you so know, you won, you didn't lose the team. I, we've got the potential to play really well. It's just, we're just inconsistent. You know, two guys will shoot really well and then two guys won't shoot well and then they'll flip flop. So, um, but the guy, I mean, the guys are 
hardworking and that's all they want to do is get better and to score well. And, and I, I, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to play well. And, and um, so it's, it's kind of just helping them relax and, and just going out and playing. But I mean, I don't see any reason why we can't win a conference championship in the near future. So, and that's always, I mean, gosh, that's, that's always our goal. Is, is to win the conference championship. So, um, but, you know, a, a lot of the times, you know, some things are out of my hands and, and those borderline D1 kids have typically gone D1 and not D3 to Mount St. Joe. So, um, but as I've gotten older, like I really enjoy watching everyone get better. And I, it, when I started taking over, when I took over the women's team, that's when it really started to hit me. Like, this is, you know, I, I want to win. I want I want you guys to win tournaments. I want you guys to win, you know, conference championship and stuff like that. But watching everybody improve is, is so much better. So much, well, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. Um, you know, watching, like, Carissa Pitts, who averaged 101 her freshman year, her senior year, she averaged 85 shot in the 70s a couple times that's big Um, yeah you know uh just seeing that growth on both the men's and the women's team you know seeing josh cruiser and and matt peluga you know matt peluga didn't sniff the top five and then his senior year he got in the top five and he played the best he ever played you know that's one of those guys stepping up josh cruiser was in the top five a couple times but um you know he got in the top five as a senior and he really played uh, really, really well. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, division three, it's a lot different than, than division one. And, and, you know, you guys are, are paying to come play. So we're going to make sure, you know, we play in the best tournaments that we can possibly play in. Uh, you're going to, yeah, I'm going to make sure you guys are as prepared as possible to play the best you can play. And, and, uh, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have fun. You know, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to play some great golf courses. And, and, you know, when we go on our spring break trip, we're going to, you know, play hard. You're going to play Harbor Town once every, every four years or something like that. So, um, so yeah, it's. Now, I'll, I'll take back off of what you just said about the coaching and being able to coach six years at the high school level that I, and I hope that makes you feel old because it certainly makes me feel old. <laughs> yes. But, Every uh, morning I wake up, I feel old. So <laughs> I had a, I didn't do anything but sit around the day before. So. <laughs> but you you get a kid their freshman year, and I I can speak volumes for the kids I had my first year. You know, we averaged a two nineteen for nine holes. And then I had four of those kids for four years. And by their senior year, they averaged a 173 for nine holes. So when you're able to see that growth and you're able to see how hard they work, it it is truly one of the most rewarding things I've ever experienced, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I've gained a little wisdom since I turned – Turn, got turned into my 40s, but, but it's, it's, 
I mean, it's to see them get better each and every year and, and, you know, each and every day is, it's very rewarding. Well, coach, I mean, Phil, do you have any other questions? I think I think I'm a lot of questions here. Just thank you for joining us, coach. It was a pleasure to have you on here. All right. Yeah. You guys be good. Let's get together and play soon. All right. We appreciate you coming on. All right. See you guys. See you, coach. Thank you.